This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hey, how you be, everybody? Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Back in the saddle, coming off vacation for me. Good Brownie, to be back. Free back agency the, underway. Back in the saddle. You missed it. I did. Lots well, I didn't stuff. miss it. I was, I was uh, using <laughs> airplane mode, resort Wi-Fi uh, to stay up to speed <laughs> as to uh, the goings on. Because you missed this kind of a week. There, like I spent There's all no morning. Up. I spent all morning updating my files just to get all the signings recorded. I'm a little bit of a yeah. an accountant with that stuff. Yeah, I, I so, just go to the you know the NFL, you know, website and they've got a tracker and it's got, it's got it all yeah. right there for me. And there's more goings on today. We'll get into all of that in due course at some point on the show here, but there are new additions to Buffalo's roster being introduced to the media today. Brandon Bean also expected to address the media. We're going to cover all of that for you here on one bills live today. And we begin with a guy who's taking the podium right now to address the media it is one of their newest offensive linemen. It is Connor McGovern. Let's go to the media room now. Just describe what kind of player uh, you are and how can you help Buffalo reach the ultimate goal? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say one of the biggest aspects of my game is versatility. I've played multiple positions on that. You can look back even two years ago, I was playing wide receiver, tight end, fullback. And overall, that helped my football IQ. So then last year, growing up, left guard, just helping – solidify the offensive line, then hopefully come here, bring all the aspects I brought to Dallas on it here, and hopefully solidify this group and take it to the next step. Oh, tremendously on that. Um, last year, I was a little, like, I wouldn't say concerned on that. I've never played it before on that going in. But week after week, just playing there consistently, consistently, I feel very comfortable. Like, I would say before last year, I was always, like, right side more. And then last year, playing the entire year, very, very comfortable on the left side. How much did uh, Ryan Bates get in your ear about joining him here? Uh, a little bit. Like, we just happened. So, last week I was in Hawaii and all that vacation. And just, we text every once in a while. And I just text to see what's up and all that. And, like, I've always thought, like, last year, all that, I was like, if there could be, like, a dream team, like, where I could go, Buffalo was always at the top of that, just to get back up north and all that. And I just texted Ryan. I was like, what's Buffalo like? And he couldn't have enough good things to say about it and all that. And then next thing you know, here I am. Are you aware he's known as Rick Bates here? I've heard and all that and all that. I've called him worse things in college on it, so maybe Rick will be a little bit nicer. So what do you like? What did you, when your agent said, told you initially that Buffalo could be interested, what did you like about the idea of Buffalo? Uh, one thing, it's close to home. Both me and my fiance are from Pennsylvania and all that. So it's close enough to home that people could come on it, but not come unannounced and all that. So that's nice and all that. Um, there's going to be a lot of people from my family here and all that all the time. Like my family made the drive and flights down in Texas. They didn't miss a game at all in Dallas. So be prepared, Bills Mafia, for a lot of McGovern people here. Do you, uh, you know, the impression is last year, I mean, every guy plays a little banged up, but you, you had some banged up. I mean, you just started like the first, the opening game, the, like the first Play series, seven, you yep. had a high, uh, high ankle sprain. So. Yeah. Was there, did you start to feel decent? How was the elbow? Like, was it November before you were, like, had all four limbs in place? Uh, when I felt good, uh, wasn't the season end in second week of February? No, but after the bye week, like, that was when I finally started using my, like, ankle to, like, 
I played a couple weeks where I couldn't plant on my right foot, but just had to play through it, brace it up. We're good to go. Uh, you could see all my pictures. I have my elbow brace on. I came and extended my arm out fully and all that. And I know this year, coming off working with my PT and all that, um, being 100% and I can only take a step forward. How hard was it for you to leave Dallas, and what did you learn from that organization? Uh, it, was, it was hard on it, just the relationships I made and all that, me and my fiance and all that, just how close that team was. And everything I hear that this team is extremely close, that makes me excited and all that. But just how the older guys in that room uh, really took me under their wing and just taught me the game of football and how to play. And I'm excited to bring that here. Ask, like, what did Ryan tell you specifically about the Bills or being on this line? Or what, what did it yeah, he was telling me it's uh, like a really close-knit group, especially in O-line, but just the locker room in general. And, I, and when I walked in there, they have all different games and stuff in there. And I was like, what is going on here? And I was like, this just looks like a fun time. So you were next to, you played right next to him for two years at Penn State? Uh, so we played a little bit together. Um, so my freshman year, I played right guard and all that. And he started at left guard and then went to left tackle. And then the next year, he stayed at left tackle. I stayed at set, I moved to center. And then our junior years, he went to right tackle and I went to back to right guard. So we played just about our entire year together there. Were you a roommate with him? Or I was not, no. But we lived really close together. So there was a, a development back at Penn State and all that. And there was a couple guys on the football team that lived in the area who was right across the street from me. Bill say that they see you fitting here as a right guard, and we know you play fullback and tight end as well. So, you know, where do they see you fit? You yeah, know? I think the fullback and all that, that's retired right now, but left guard mostly. Yeah. You mentioned playing center a lot at Penn State. How much did that help you when you did settle in at guard, just sort of having a full landscape? Um, that helped a lot and all that. Um, I always grew up playing center and all that, like all through high school, and then I got to college and switched to guard. So that was a little transition for me. Going back to center was nice, and then. When I got to the NFL, switched to guard and all that, it was a little like strange not having the full football in my hand, but it was really nice. And then just continually growing with it and then playing all the different positions helped me tremendously. And then when I had to play center a couple times last year, just the football cue I learned from playing all the other positions helped tremendously. Do you know anything about Aaron Cromer? Uh, just a little bit. I also just only heard good things. Ryan talks about him all the time. Uh, I met him a little bit earlier today. Joe Philbin, we're playing for him. What did you think of that? Uh, Joe is a great coach. Uh, very fundamentally sound and all that, like watching different aspects of the game and all that. So I'm excited to see how their philosophies like interchange with each other, if they're a little bit different and all that. I'm excited to see that. Which game in the locker room were you most excited to see? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, what was that? Which game in the locker room? Oh, that's easy one. Spike ball. Uh, yeah. You know, you're going from Dak Prescott to Josh Allen. Just, just let us know. You know what is what? How excited are you to be playing with uh, Josh? Yeah, I'm very excited. He reached out to me the other day and all that, just seeing how excited he was that, uh, for me to be here and all that. But I'm excited how mobile he is. Just move around the pocket. His arm, just incredible strength. I'm excited to block for him. Now we know players recruit other players, right? So what's your relationship with Ezekiel Elliott? Because you know he's on open market. Hey, I can always talk to him if you want to. Playing weight last season, three eight. You're listed at three eighteen. What did you play? Uh, I play. I'm very consistent with my weight. Like very. So my weight, we had like different weights that where you had to weigh in at every week. Weigh in right at three eighteen on Thursday, and then I play on Sunday at three twenty three, and then I drop it back during the week. So once I have my weight, that's where I stay. Try to be very consistent throughout the year with it. You did mention that you know you got your eyes on left guard. Um, mm -hmm. So. Have you spoken with Dion, and what are your impressions of Dion? 
I have not spoken with them, but I'm excited to. I've heard really good things about them. I mean, obviously, your first season was lost to injury. Do you feel like you're still your like a young guy? Service? Yeah, a uh, little bit. Like I still, I know I have not hit my potential yet, and all that. I know every year just keep getting better and better and better. And I know, like since my first year I was on IR, then second year there was COVID and all that, so no OTAs, no uh, training camp got pushed back, no preseason, all that. So just went into that season cold and all that. And then finally, last offseason was my first year I could build a baseline and all that. And then this year, just all the numbers I'm hitting right now, like I know like how well I played last year, I could just take another step forward just off these baselines alone from this offseason. Thank you. All right, that's Buffalo's newest free agent offensive lineman signed on the dotted line, Connor McGovern. Formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. I met him a, an hour ago. Yeah, you got so, a chance to meet him today. He's a big dude, um, even by NFL standards. But he's I, strikes you know I'm an old guy now. It strikes me how young he is. You know, he's, he's his fourth year in the league. Seems like he's he's got that brand new energy. You know, of course right. it's the first day on the job. He's never been in the building before, so there's a little bit of adrenaline, I'm sure. But uh, seems like a, he's he look at <laughs> there's a picture there. Um, I look like I'm standing like 40 yards behind him when yeah. I'm actually right next to him. That's how big he is. So that is not an optical illusion. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, it's he's a really good signing. I think for the Bills, certainly he's. Uh, it's a it's a life changing contract for him. But man, oh man, um, he's a kind of young guy who has, you know, worked himself into a place where. There was a, there's a market for him out there. A guy, an interior offensive lineman, big, played in the NFC with the Cowboys. Um, he's going to fit right into the offensive line room. You talk to these guys, and, and it's funny. Offensive linemen are a different cut. Their personalities show through. They're really good communicators. He's really articulate. You could tell by his interview there with the media. Just not. He's real self-assured. You know, he's got a great sense of self-awareness. Um, a, kind of a typical offensive lineman. Yeah. Smart, articulate, big dude. You know, so uh, good luck to him. It looks, he's, I think he's going he's gonna to be out there, no question about it. And he's reunited with his former college teammate, Ryan Bates. Both of those guys, Penn Staters, they, I think they played at least three seasons together, maybe all four. I'll have to double-check on that. But he talked to Ryan. Ryan couldn't say enough good things about Buffalo. And, you know, the phone rings. It's Buffalo. And, you know, he did his due diligence. But, right. you know, Ryan Bates gave him good reports. And now, if all goes according to plan – the Bills' two starting guards are going to be Penn State alums on either side of Mitch Morse. And, right. you know, off you go. And the other thing that's kind of cool for those two guys, Bates has three years left on his contract. The reports out there say McGovern signed a three-year contract. So your guards potentially could be set for the next three seasons. That's valuable continuity. Yeah, particularly if, if, if they're consistently available and get out there and play well and they you know, can move some people around. Obviously, they got to play good. I mean, that goes without saying, but certainly, you know, if you've got those guys tied up, it really sets you up well for the next, you know, three years. That's, wow, if you get great play out of those guys, you're, that's gold. I think McGovern also proved last year he's a guy that will play through injuries. He had a high ankle sprain right at the start of the year, kind of braced it up, as you heard him say, and went through that, dealt with it, mobility a little bit limited, but could get by at the guard position playing there. 
and then had a major elbow problem where he couldn't even extend his arm all the way and played through that as well. So I think any NFL club, their personnel department appreciates toughness, especially on the offensive line, when you can prove you can be out there and available even when you're not 100%. And McGovern certainly did yeah, that last season, and that's that can be a feather in the cap of a player like that. And a lot of that, too. He's from PA, from, from Scranton, and, uh, you know, he's – says just close enough so they can make the games and not close enough so they show up unannounced. But um, he said they, they made all of his games in Dallas, so there's going to be a ton of McGovern people probably around the tailgates yeah. and in, in, the, in the stadium this day. Good for him. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's always a plus when you, you can get your close family and stuff to the games and they can watch you, and, and uh, I'm sure they're going to fit right in with this crew here in, at One Bills Drive. So I need you to tell me what – what have you guys covered since I'm first day back in here? What have okay. you covered on the free agent landscape with respect to the bill specifically? What We've have you guys talked lot. about extensively to this point? Well, obviously we were, we were deep in, you know, they, um, we didn't say much about Kyle Allen, the backup quarterback. Deontay Hardy was a big topic of discussion okay. yesterday. I figured. Um, his ability to run after the catch, his size was a little bit of an issue, but not really. The guy's an all-pro return guy. And I made the point that you know his return ability overlaps with Naheem Hines, but they play a different position on offense. One's a receiver, one's a running back. And I think you could have a receiver return in punts and a running back return in kicks, and those guys would be able to be a bigger role on offense while still doing those two roles. When you split those roles up, you don't have to have one guy just doing those and maybe not being able to play offense. So, where do you think that leaves Isaiah McKenzie? I think he's the same play. I think he and Hardy overlap quite a bit. Now, I'm not going to say there's no room for both of them on the roster because last year you, I mean, you're going to have to have you know you're you know what like I do. We always thought maybe there's a chance they're going to have seven guys active uh, for a game day. There's always room for a guy there if you can play, and McKenzie can play, and so can Hardy. So. I'm not saying it's either or. It certainly looks that way, though. They're strikingly similar. Strikingly similar, yes. No question about it. But to me, I mean, so are your running backs. Naheem Hines and Devin Singletary and James Cook are all similar with a little, you know, some exaggerated traits for yeah. one or two of them. But, you know, that, you know, so I'm, I'm with you there. Um, logic would tell you they brought them in, they're going to compete. Hardy and McKenzie are going to compete for the same spot. I don't know that that's chiseled into granite yet. Yeah. Uh, other, other than that, Poyer was an – I, I don't even know if uh, – signing – I don't even know if we talked still on about the air Poyer. When it came uh, down? I don't think so. We haven't talked about Poyer signing. Yeah, I think that it was, was after you were off the air yesterday. It was – I couldn't – Really good news. It was – Great it was, news. It was a lot like – it was a lot like the Milano signing. Right. Um, you know, a few years ago. Yes, that's right. I think we were all pessimistic that they would be able to afford Matt Milano and keep him knowing he was a pending free agent. And then all of a sudden, bang, they made it happen. Four-year contract. Oh, by the way, Milano also signed a two-year extension. So I think he signed right. through 26 now. Um, but I think we all felt similarly about Poyer. And another factor in that whole equation that I think we all thought might be working against Poyer, too, was his age, being 32 years old. Yeah, but and the and the market was flooded. Well, yeah, there were a lot of there were a lot of safeties out there that you could at least put on a par with Poyer's ability, who were younger right. than he was, and 
most teams, if they know they're going to overpay, which you do in free agency, they would prefer to do it with a player with a longer ramp left to his career than maybe Porter. That's not to say Porter can't play anymore. As he even said last year in training camp, he felt he had three or four good years left in him, and I'd be more inclined to agree with that than than for those who say, oh, he's got only one year left, and then he's done. Right. Um, So so the Bills get him on a two-year deal, reportedly, and we're anticipating we will be hearing from Poyer at some point today, and when we do, we'll get him on the air right away uh, when he addresses the media, as well as GM Brandon Bean. But that's pretty huge. I mean, (laughs) the secondary, you know, now is relatively intact, and when you think about the prospect, Steve, of – Aaron Rodgers potentially coming to this division. I think you feel a whole lot better on the back end with Poyer and Hyde back there as veteran players. Yeah. Now, you can make this argument as well that the Bills now, at least in their front 22, offense and defense, uh, with the exception of maybe the interior defensive line, they've got guys to line up at the front of those position group, every position group, and say, man, we can win with these guys. There's not much behind them at this point. We don't know about the depth of the O-line, depth of the D-line. Uh, sec- and certainly behind Poyer and High, there's nobody, right? Um, you got Cam Lewis, who's, who, who got signed again. Some right. guys who could fill in back there, and Christian Benford, who they may move to safety. But right now... That's it right now. That's it. So you're thinking that right now, as, as training camp or as a free agency moves down the road, they may be able to sign a guy here and there for depth and, the, and to see that, and maybe some competition as well. Uh, certainly on the defensive line, they can afford to do that. But right now you think, okay, now they're getting to the point where you can see on draft day they can take the best guy that's gonna, the guy that's going to have the best pro career, no matter what position he plays. And you can kind of get yourself to that point. You can see it with a McGovern signing, with Poyer coming back, um, and with Hardy in the fold. As a playmaker, yeah, that that makes you feel a lot better going into the draft now. Right. Um, Field Yates from ESPN, good friend of the show, reported about an hour ago that the Bills and Naheem Hines have now officially agreed to a renegotiated contract. The way he reports it, it includes a $1 million signing bonus and the chance to earn more than the $4.79 million in cash he was previously due per source. So... That obviously helps with creating more room under the cap for the Bills. And we kind of anticipated he might be a possible restructured target. So the report doesn't come as a surprise. Um, You know, typically the team doesn't report those things. It's usually uh, found out and reported by reporters. Um, But it looks like Hines is one of the candidates that we anticipated. And according to Field Yates, he has, in fact, uh, brokered that with the team to help them with cap space. So that's good going forward. And, um, you know, besides that, you've got, you know, Connor McGovern in the fold, as we said, and we just heard from him. We hope to hear from Jordan Poyer here at some point this afternoon after agreeing to terms on a two-year contract, new two-year contract. And then, as you mentioned, Steve, at the top of the show, overnight there were reports of Kyle Allen free agent quarterback, and a very good friend of Josh Allen signing or agreeing to terms with the Bills as well. He played last year in Houston, but has kind of bounced around the league after entering in the same draft class as Josh Allen, but as an undrafted signing. And 
you know, you look at his career, yes, he's bounced around a bit. Started in Carolina. As a matter of fact, I remember when we went down for the joint practices between the Bills and the Carolina Panthers in 2019, and Kyle Allen was down there, and he and Josh would talk a lot after the practice sessions were over. They'd just be chilling under a tent on the field, just catching up a little bit. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. And actually, some of that video we shared on our show, what was it, maybe about three or four weeks ago when Josh met Tiger Woods? Right. The guy standing next to him was Kyle Allen. <laughs> they were there together meeting Tiger Woods. Hmm. So they kind of pal around a lot. Right. Um, he's 6'3", 210. He's got four years of experience. He's age 27, just like Josh. He came out of Houston. Um, yeah, that's, that's – Yeah, the guy on Josh Allen's left, right. That, shaking his hand that's there. Kyle that's Kyle right there. Right there, yeah. Um, so the big question on social media, Steve, after this news kind of broke, and again, the team hasn't reported anything, but there are reports out there, including one of the beat reporters here, Elena Getzenberg, was reporting uh, the Kyle Allen uh, contract yesterday. Um, <laughs> they they started fans on social media. Bill's Mafia was going crazy. They're like, does this mean all of Josh Allen's jerseys need an, a J initial in front of his name now? Yeah, he's going to. Um, I don't. Well, maybe you put the initial on Kyle's jersey. So and, yeah. Now speaking and of, I it, think go this ahead. is going to be pretty official yeah. now going forward that uh, Kyle Allen is a member of the Bills because he's at the podium right now. Let's go there as he addresses the media for the first time as a Buffalo Bills player. How much recruiting did Josh do to get you? It was more, it was more me recruiting him to let me come up here. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was from me, yeah. Why? Why, why did you want to be you know, behind a guy you know is going to play every snap preferably? Why did you want to come up here? I mean, if you look at guys across the league who you respect and who you'd want to play behind and, and help support, I think Josh is at the top of the list. You know, not only is he a good friend to me, but just from a just from a quarterback standpoint around the entire NFL, he's one of the, one of the best in the league, and he does it the right way. And and there's a bunch of other factors too. You know, I just I've really respected this franchise over my career in the NFL. We've played them probably three or four times, and. It's been just a tough, hard-nosed game every time, hard-fought. I feel like we've always played in Buffalo, too, and just the energy in the stadium and, and the fans and and how tough it really is to come in here and win. I just wanted to be a part of something like that. What was your pitch to Josh? I don't really have to pitch much. He's just he's probably mad I'm going to beat him in golf now up here. That's about it, yeah. When did you first think this might be a possibility um, I mean, I think it was always a target going into the offseason to try and, you know, so many things have to shake out, especially this year in the backup quarterback market. There's just there's so many people on the market. So it was more just kind of letting things shake out and see, and then um, just kind of happened pretty quickly yesterday, really. Where do you see, you know, this Bills offense fitting what you do as a quarterback? I think if it's great, you know, I think – when you watch this offense and you watch Josh in this offense, you know, it's only he can only do that. Like no one else in the league is gonna do that. Maybe a couple people, but when you really just break down the offense and you break down the plays where he's not shaking guys off and, you know, throwing Hail Marys, it's it's an exceptional offense and it's really fun to watch. And it's it's similar if you watch the Giants too, you know, with Dable over there. It's the same offense. So um it's it's been fun to watch this offense evolve over the years and see how he plays in it, but also see other guys playing it too. 
did you two become close or friends or? Uh, we both came out of the college the same year and we trained together for the draft. So we lived together for a while, trained, and then um, we both just ended up coming back to the same spot in the off season and hanging out. What can you say about Josh as a roommate then? <laughs> Well, he took the he took the master room with the best shower, and then there's three of us sharing one bathroom and another shower. So it's a pretty selfish roommate, I'd say. <laughs> Can you beat him what in golf? St- what struck you about? Yes, him? huh? Yeah. <laughs> what, what what struck you about him back then when you first met him? Um, I think you know, obviously the physical is apparent always, you know. But I just think the kind of person he is, and I think you guys have really gotten to see that over the years, and and how much he cares about the community and how much he cares about his teammates and his family. And I think that just, like, radiates off of him. And I think as a leader of a franchise, it's it's all you'd want. Will it be a golf match to figure out who's going to wear the, the abbreviation on the back of the jersey? Nah. I'll, I'll wear it. <laughs> I'll take it. Any courses up here yet? Uh, no, I haven't. But I do want to go play Oak Hill at some point. I know Someone had the quarter zip on earlier today, so I gotta find it. Kyle, I know I know there's been a lot of connections between the Panthers and the Bills, and you spent some time there. I don't know if there's any crossover there. I don't think so with Brady or Dorsey, but anybody that you know in the building here while you were there? Um, so Brady, I was re-signed to Carolina for two weeks before they traded me to Washington, so I had some contact with Brady. Um, I've talked to him over the years. I've seen him in games, so a little familiarity with their Brady. But you know, there's a couple guys around the building who I was there with, you know, and. It's similar tree, so you know when I was in Carolina, people were talking about all the people here too. So there's some a decent amount of familiarity for me. How much do you think your relationship with Josh can help both of you grow in terms of you kind of coming into this offense, picking it up? But then, you know, obviously, a big part of the backup's job is to, you know, in the meeting room and on the sidelines during games, you know, talking with the starter, what you're seeing, and things like that. Do you think that your previous relationship with Josh will give you a head start on that? Yeah, I mean. For me, picking up the offense, for sure, that's going to help. You know, a guy that's going to be willing to help me, for sure. And then I think, I mean, I'm just here to support him in any way I can. You know, I think our relationship over the last six years, we're, we're super close. We're boys. And so um, same with same with Barkley and him. They're boys, you know, and Case became that way last year. But I think that we can really help him and have real conversations with him, and, and he can respect our opinions and, you know, other ways where sometimes you're in different quarterback rooms where guys don't really know each other and, you know, maybe the respect isn't there, but I think the respect is fully there all around in the room. To that point, just being such good friends with him, it is different to be working with someone in that sense. What from training with him do you think you guys can carry over to, like, you know, knowing his tendencies or maybe knowing, like, here's how he likes feedback and vice versa too? Like, what is that working relationship like? I think just the competitiveness. Like, I think we feed off each other out there from a competitive standpoint. And so it's anything we do in life and anything he does in life is ultra competitive. You guys have seen that. But I think when just hanging out, like, you know, throwing, working out, golfing, like doing whatever, it's always super competitive. So I think hopefully that'll push both of us. What would it be like to be playing with uh, Aggie alum and Von Miller? Oh, it's going to be awesome. Von's the man. I don't know Vaughn super well, but I've always, you know, talked to him over the years here and there, and and obviously always looked up to him. And when I went to A and M, he was, he still is A and M legend, but he was like fresh off Super Bowl, you know, and so it's gonna be awesome to play with him. Thanks, guys.
All right, so that's Kyle Allen, the newest member of the quarterback depth chart on the Buffalo Bills roster, addressing the media here today. Just for a little background, just turned 27 last week. His birthday was March 8th. So kind of a nice birthday present there, having a contract with the Bills. And we'll see where things shake out for him in the quarterback pecking order uh, in the offseason workouts to come. Little background, played his first two college years at Texas A&M. He's a Scottsdale, Arizona native, then played his final year after ch- choosing to transfer. So he missed – this is back when it wasn't a – you had to sit out a year right. back then. Sat out 2016, played in 2017 for the University of Houston, then declared for the draft, went undrafted. Carolina signed him, played a few years down there, traded to Washington, washed out there, signed with Houston last year. So that's kind of his career in a nutshell. And I I think the most extensive action he got was with Carolina in the 2019 season, Steve. Cam Newton gets hurt after four games, shoulder injury, out for the season. Ron Rivera gets fired, and Perry Fuel takes over as interim head coach. He plays in 13 games, starts 12 of them, goes 5-7, and seven, completes 62% of his passes, 17 touchdowns, 16 picks. So that's kind of the most extensive action he's seen. Played in 23 total games in his career, 19 starts. But pretty telling that Ron Rivera, after being named the head coach in Washington, signed him rather quickly. Mm-hmm. to get him as a backup there. So clearly had a positive influence on Ron Rivera as a young player in Carolina as he got picked up in Washington by Rivera. Yeah, and, like, and you know, obviously Rivera liked what he saw from him, at least the progress that he saw, or the ceiling or the positive, maybe the floor, whatever. Um, now, Carolina lost seven games of the 12 he started, but, you know, he was – supposed to be the backup Carolina was wasn't very good anyway despite because they fired their head coach anyway so um yeah that says a lot about him uh he's probably got a little something in the tank um certainly quarterbacks are one position that you can't hide if you're if you're any good you know if you're no good um and to have a coach go back and get you after he's coached you before and after you've played for him that says a lot about a guy I think yeah We have to take a break here, but plenty more coming your way. As we anticipate, we will be hearing from Brandon Bean, who's scheduled to address the media this afternoon. When that happens, we'll bring it to you live, as well as one Jordan Poyer, supposed to uh, address the media here shortly as well. We'll bring that to you as we are wall-to-wall Bills free agency here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. In case you're just joining us, we're wall-to-wall free agency today. We already heard from the newest offensive lineman signed in free agency by the Bills, Connor McGovern, right off the rip at the start of the show, and he was followed soon thereafter by the newest quarterback on Buffalo's roster, Kyle Allen, who uh, reportedly agreed to terms last night, but it looks like that's all been put to bed and his pen has been put to paper, so... They have signed the uh, former Texans QB, played for Houston last year, originally an undrafted rookie free agent in 2018, signed by the Carolina Panthers, also played a couple of seasons for Washington. So well-traveled, but only 27 years old and really tight with Josh Allen. They pal around a lot in the offseason, always have, uh, as they both came in together. Uh, Kyle Allen playing down at the University of Houston, obviously Josh at Wyoming. So 
That is that. Still to come, we anticipate hearing from GM Brandon Bean about free agency thus far and where the Bills could be headed going forward in that regard. We also anticipate hearing from Jordan Poyer, who the team announced yesterday had agreed to terms on a new two-year contract to stay in the fold, which I think got the most positive response by Bill's Mafia on social media yesterday, yeah, by far. That's by far the highlight of free agency so far for Bill's Mafia, um, getting Poyer back in the fold. And we lost Tremaine Edmonds early. And as you might imagine, a young up-and-coming player who's you know, done extremely well, started every game and played well for the team going into free agency. You knew he was going to be a high-ticket commodity, and certainly the Bears jumped up and got him. But Jordan Poyer, at 32, probably uh, – well, at 32 and playing longer, he's probably more accomplished than Tremaine, but we thought both those guys were out the door. Uh, the I think the Poyer story coming out that he was going to come back to Buffalo was a, a, a shockingly a shockingly positive move for Buffalo this year. I did not think it was going to happen. I thought there were too many teams out there. But then as it as it got deeper into it, as we said earlier – there's just a ton of safeties out there. You saw those young guys, a lot of teams signing their guys back that had lost them. Some guys moved, but there was a couple of guys that signed back with their team. And you thought, ah, and you, you kind of got the inkling that it made some, after you heard the deal, it made some sense for both parties. And, yeah, certainly I'd love to hear what, what, what Jordan Poyer has to say about his timeout. I've told you this and, and some of the guys here. I was a free agent for a minute during my career, and all it meant to me was that I was, I was unemployed. Um, you didn't really feel like you were. I, I didn't feel like I was out there making money. I, I thought I was un, I didn't have a job. Um, I don't think Poyer felt like that, but certainly coming back to Buffalo – has got to, and I said it, it's got to feel great for him. It's got to feel great. Yeah. Uh, people were kind of uh, made wise to how the situation could be. Micah Hyde tweets out, Hey, Jordan, uh, on Twitter with, you know, a waving hand. Uh, that didn't really give everything away, but people read into anything. And so people thought, Oh, maybe he's coming back. And look, the timing just didn't work for him, unfortunately. Because he was first-team All-Pro in 2021, and he still had a year left on his contract. Right. Had his contract ended in 2021 as a first-team All-Pro season, well, then he might have gotten big money you know, on the open market. But he still had a year left on his contract. And don't get me wrong, he had a great year last year, too. But it was injury-riddled, number one. And he was a warrior playing through and, all that. And he still went to his first Pro Bowl and led the team in interceptions. Um, had a great he year. won the game in Baltimore, which our MSG viewers are watching right now. He single-handedly closed that game out. He had two picks in that game. So, you know, I think that uh, I, I think it worked out best for the Bills. You kind of feel for Poirier a little bit because right when his career reached its peak, he was still under contract. That's why he was trying to ask for more money last year because I think all these players try right. to strike while the iron is hot. But yeah. the Bills just weren't in a position to honor that. They tried to put some incentives in his contract to enable him to earn more money, but then he missed five games. Right. So it was almost impossible for him to achieve some of those statistical incentives. Uh, it, it just – sometimes that's the way things go, and it sucks for the player because, you know, your careers are limited in this league. They're only so long, 
uh, and you can only maximize your value for a very short window of time. But it, in the long run, it, it benefited the Bills because it opened the door for him to come back. Because as we saw, and you pointed out at the top of the show, the safety market was flooded with a ton of talent, some of which was considerably younger than Jordan. I mean, yeah. Jesse Bates is a 26-year-old player at the top of the market and got paid big time. And it's all you say this, and you hate you, you don't want to sound make it belittle the the his his abilities and his playing, but it's almost good for him that he does mean so much to the team he left. Um, this wasn't like it could have been a different situation where the team, you know, they didn't have a, the relationship they did or they didn't have, hadn't had the on-field success that they did or the, the team wasn't on the cusp. You know, if, if he had had even the seasons he had had with a team that wasn't every year on the cusp of going to and winning the Super Bowl like the Bills have been, maybe they're like, eh, you know, or maybe he's not so, you know, ready to come back and do this. But the team, you know, the team – Needs a guy like Poy. They need him as much as he needs them, you know. So I, I, uh, it works for both parties. It's a two-year deal. It's perfect. And this is you think about it. If he would have signed a, a two-year extension last year, we'd have had three more years, and that's probably where we would be. But um, you know, the team just couldn't do it, particularly after signing Vaughn last year. So yeah, that they, changed a lot. That changed everything. So uh, Poyer was played the absolute really good soldier came back and played on the last year of his deal after he was an all pro driving out to a game in Kansas city with a collapsed lung or fractured rib, whatever the heck it was. Yeah. Cause he couldn't fly wearing the, wearing the elbow brace all season. I mean, just playing through everything and playing extremely well again. Yeah. That's yeah. The, the club's really happy to have him back. Oh yeah. I mean, it, I don't think you could have asked for a better outcome as far as the bills roster is concerned. And um, I think in an offseason where a lot of us really contemplated this team not having Tremaine Edmonds or Jordan Poyer back, the fact that you got one of those guys back in the fold, I I think is gigantic. And speaking of Edmonds, he did put out a tweet earlier today thanking the Bills organization. It reads as follows. I am so grateful to the Bills organization for giving me my first NFL opportunity Buffalo is a special city that will always be close to me. I appreciate the fans, the coaches, and the entire Buffalo community for embracing me and my family. Thank you for five amazing years. That's from uh, Tremaine Edmonds, now a Chicago Bear, after getting a contract worth $17 million a season, which I think we all anticipated could happen, and we just knew with the Bills' cap situation they were not going to be able to compete with that kind of Average annual value on a salary, and it was a it was a fantastic run here. Those five years he had, um, what what a what a ride it's been for the fans as well, and and continues here. I think it's going to continue here in Buffalo, and we'll we'll keep track of him while he's in Chicago. It'll be we'll see how it goes over there. We will take a break here. We're still hoping to hear from Brandon Bean, uh, Bills general manager, as well as Jordan Poyer. Uh, Both are scheduled to address the media at some point today. As soon as they do, we will bring it to you here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio.
All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. It's free agency wall-to-wall here on a Thursday edition of the show. We told you we anticipated we'd be hearing from one Jordan Poyer who agreed to terms on a two-year deal yesterday. He is in the building. He's addressing the media now, so let's go right back to the media room. Are you as, I guess, surprised as most people are, a lot of people are, about being back and sitting here today? Um. I would say like 50-50, man. Uh, honestly, didn't know what was going to, you know, the free agency is my first time being a free agent in my career, really kind of hitting the market, I guess, as you call it. But I knew that this is where I wanted to be. I knew that this is where I wanted to play. And these are my people. Uh, I've been here six years. I love, I love it here. Um, I'm comfortable here, and I know – the expectations that this organization has in me and the expectations that I have elsewhere, you know, with my teammates, with the coaches. Um, and like I said, I, I feel pretty salty about the way the season ended last year um, with everything that had gone on um, and then losing the home playoff game against Cincinnati. Uh, it was tough. And then, you know, you go into the off season just with a lot of questions about, you know, a lot of things, um, you know, me wondering what the hell is going to happen. Shoot, if I'm even going to play again. And, you know, I knew I, I wanted to play again. I knew I can still play at a high level, just where that was going to be and who it was going to be for. That was the question. And it was pretty stressful, uh, pretty stressful about a month. That's uh, why so I didn't golf as much. I tried to go out there and golf, and I just couldn't really concentrate because all I was thinking about was football. Uh, so now I might be able to go out there and, and swing a little bit better. But, uh no, this is this is home, man. Um, I love these fans out here. I love this community. I know I said some stuff about the taxes. I think we can all agree that we're like, what the hell? Like, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, sorry, I said it. I said I said the truth, but um, that had nothing to do with my decision on whether or not I was going to come here or 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 leave. I didn't want to leave, um, and I'm home now. And I'm, this is where I'm going to finish my career, and I'm really excited about that. What was it like? You know, just tell us, you know, what was it like speed dating throughout the NFL? <laughs> I wouldn't call it speed dating. Um, you know, it was, you know, like I said, I, there were teams that were interested. Um, there were teams that, that wanted me on their on their football team and thought that, you know, that I would be a, a huge asset to help them win. And like I said, I didn't, there was a lot of calls, a lot of being on the phone, a lot of conversations with my wife um, just about being here or being there or, or, or being in Buffalo. Um, and, you know, ultimately it came down to, you know, what I thought was going to make me happy and what I thought was going to be best for, you know, myself and my family moving forward. Um, not just in my career, but in, in life, you know. Um, I, I don't know how many more years I have left to play. I know I have this this year guaranteed that I'm going to be able to play football and be able to play at a high level. And, uh, you know, I'm healthy now. I just needed some time to get my body right. I'm healthy now, and I'm you know, I'm ready to play. I know people are probably, you know, people probably saying this, that, or the other, about this, that, or the other. I really don't give a damn because I'm a football player. I'm a ball player. I'm an all-pro. I'm a pro bowl. And I'm here to help the team win a championship. And that's been my goal since I came here in 2017. I remember talking to Micah, you know, the first time I, you know, it wasn't the first time I met him, but it was the first time we saw each other in Buffalo. It was like, bro, we are going to turn this city around and we're going to give this city a championship. And that's been our goal since we got here and it hasn't changed. Um, and that was another reason why I wanted to come back because I, I truly want to help this team with a championship. And we, I truly believe that we do have the right team to do that. And so run it back. Anything that surprised you about the free agency process, like going through it? 
uh, I guess just the, like I said, just the unknown, really. I thought that maybe I would be having to, I don't know, maybe fly there, fly there, do this or do that. But, you know, it was really kind of just me going to workouts and then coming home and just, I guess, just waiting, uh, just waiting to see what happens. You started seeing guys come off the board. Jesse Bates, super happy for him, coming off the board. And then you see, uh, you know, Marcus Epps go to, go to Vegas, um, you know, a couple other transactions that, that happened, and you're just kind of still sitting there wondering. Um, at the same time, you know, I just I was able to let Bean and, and Drew handle it, and they, they handled it in a professional manner, and I just sat back and, 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 and just stayed positive, you know. And my, like I said, my wife was helping me stay positive through it all. Uh, my daughter's just keeping me keeping me entertained and, and keeping my mind off of things. She's six now. She's running my house. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she it was it – was, Stressful, but at the same time, I was able to kind of sit back and and just let things kind of play into itself. Counted up exactly, but there's at least 18 starting safeties who hit the market this year. Just kind of a weird mm-hmm. one of those things, you know. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. so real, you know, full-time starters. Did Drew? You get a sense at all from Drew in the process that well, the Bills' door isn't closed. Oh, I've, yeah, I've had that. I mean, since the end of the season, you know, I knew that, you know, one of the main things going into the off season was to not alienate any relationships in this organization. Um, I have no ill feelings towards anybody out here, anybody in this building or anything like that. And I wanted to, if that was my last game as a Buffalo Bill, I wanted to go out on a positive note with no negativity wherever it was that I ended up playing, whether I played somewhere else or I retired. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I, I forgot your question because I was yeah, just... Well, He's on the market, so, I mean, it was just a weird year that, like, there's... It was a buyer's market for teams right. this year. So it's like that if there were eight... It might have been different, di- yeah. You know. So they can... I mean, again, I, I, I was my first time in free agency. I, I didn't really know what to expect. As soon as I mean, I'm, I'm 31 now. There's not. A, I'm, I'm sure I'm not on people's boards like, oh, damn, Jordan Poirier. Like, dang, he, we can go get him. But I know I'm a football player. I know I'm a ball player. I know wherever I ended up with, I'm gonna be a ball player and help that team win football games. And I'm just super blessed and super thankful and uh, excited that it's here. How quickly after? How quickly after knowing you were putting back here, did you reach out to Micah? Did minute. <laughs> probably I was probably still just hanging up the phone as my phone was dialing to call him. I was I was he got called him right away, man. Other than Micah was recruiting you to stay. <laughs> I mean, we were all having conversations. All all the boys on the back end, um, you know, all the all the boys up front. We were all talking throughout the off season, and 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 the guys on this team. All, everybody really around the league understands the business side of this this league, and you guys understand it. We understand it, and so um, you know we're all super happy for Tremaine. We, I, I mean, everybody wishes, yeah, we could have we could have Tremaine back, but you know, everybody's super happy for Tremaine going to Chicago, getting his getting what he deserves, and um, you know, it's tough. It'll be tough not to have him, but at the same time, we will continue to move forward, and we still got the we still got some dogs on this team, you know, and we're gonna get Vaughn back, and that's just gonna make our team even better. Um, Matt Bellano, the one of the best outside, the best outside linebacker in the game, and then you got the best safety duo in the game, and then you got, I believe, one of the best corners in the game. So, 
um, when when healthy, and he's gonna come back. I, I bet you Trey's gonna come back better than he's ever been before, and that's just I, just because I know Trey and I know how he's working right now. And and same with Kyrie. Man, I saw Kyrie over the weekend. He came to my house in in South Florida, and we just sat and, and chopped it up, man. And, and he's he's working hard too, and he's really came along, especially towards the end of the season. So it's just a bunch of guys that I'm really excited to work with again, and and even Taron Johnson, the best nickel in the in the game. I mean, it's it's a bunch of guys that I'm really excited to work with, and, and it was a huge. Huge part of why I was excited to come back here. Is it, is it, not, Jordan, right is it not funny that in the last April you switch agents and you wanted to feel validated, and now it kind of comes for full circle in which you do feel validated that this team did want you? Is it kind of strange or funny or, I don't know, ironic how, how it turned out that way in, in some ways? Uh, I'm not sure. I kind of confused with the question. You were looking for a reward. In April. Are we um, all? Fair, fair <laughs> enough, and, 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 and that's right. But but you were rewarded by by, and you said you didn't want to burn any bridges. You respected everybody here, but it's kind of funny that um, you did get rewarded at a time when you were looking for a future. You know, right back where it began, right right back where it, where it was. Like it, yeah, I mean, I was just, I mean, I was just testing. Testing, testing the market. I was in, I was a free agent. You know, I was, you know, I was seeing just, you know, what else is out there. Like, and there wasn't anything out there that I was, I would have been happy about going to do. I and um, at the end of the day, it really came down to what is going to make. This is one of the things my wife was telling me. What is going to make Jordan Porter happy? What is going to make you happy? Because whatever makes you happy is going to make everybody else around you happier. And so. Being here was gonna make me happy. Being here with the guys that I'm here with, being here with the with the, being in the community with the community that I've grown to love, um, you know, and 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 just seeing seeing all the people in here today, just I damn near start crying because it's like you see all the people in here that you've built a relationship over the last six years, and just how excited they are to have you back in the building, you know, um, it's pretty special. Can you Mike, us, uh, a minute ago. Go ahead, go ahead Sal. Thank you. That's all right. Um, can you update us on touch on what you went through last year physically and where you are now health-wise? Uh, yeah. I mean, last year was probably the hardest year I probably ever had to go through, uh, mentally and physically. When Micah went down, it was really hard. Um, you know, that's, that's my right-hand man. Uh, and then, you know, you got you playing with the just it almost seemed like a different lineup all the time. Um, and you know, it kind of then dealing with the injuries that I was dealing with on top of that, um, you know, and then everybody was saying, you know, we're 6-0 in Porter plays, or 7-0 in Porter plays, and I'm like, I'm sitting there like, well, damn, I'm, I got one elbow. I'm trying to just get right, you know, and it's like, well, damn, now I got to go out here and play for it, you know, and so it's, it was a lot of, it was a lot of pressure. Um, it was a lot of stress, but at the same time, you know, I wouldn't have changed it at all. You know, I, I feel like I'm a better man and a better player because of it. I feel like I just needed some time after the season to get healthy. And, you know, I feel great now. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to, you know, I'll be out here for OTAs. I don't got any contract issues now, so I'll be out here for OTAs. Um, and, and we'll be, you know, we're going to hit the ground running, man. And like I said, I'm excited to be a part of this team and, and, and be a part of a lot of these guys. Um, you know, uh, a lot of these guys' career again and, and try to help, you know, help this team win football games.
All right, that's Jordan Poyer addressing the media here at One Bills Drive, as brought to you by us here on One Bills Live after his new two-year contract extension back in a Bills uniform wearing that very familiar jersey number 21. We have to take a break. Plenty more coming your way in hour number two. We're also waiting to hear from General Manager Brandon Bean. We will bring that to you as soon as he steps to the podium in the Bills media room this afternoon. Steve and I take a break. Big hour number two coming next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are, hour number two, as we have wall-to-wall free agency here on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. We've already heard from the newest offensive lineman signed by the Bills, Connor McGovern, and the cliff notes there are he is expected to be lining up at left guard, his words, and that probably means that unless there are some other major signings on the offensive line, the starting five could very well be in pencil already. Deion Dawkins, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morris, Ryan Bates, and then Spencer Brown. Again, barring any other major additions or draft choices, which could come down the pike and factor into the right. competition as well. But that's how it looks right now. And uh, then, at you know, we also heard from Kyle Allen, who's new in Buffalo's quarterback's room, super tight with Josh Allen. They've been buds for a while. So two guys with the same surname in the same position room. I'm sure that won't cause any confusion. Um, And then we just heard from Jordan Poyer, who I know fans were over the moon about the fact that he agreed to terms on a new two-year deal late yesterday, signed it when he got into the facility here today and just addressed the media. And if you need to see more on that or you missed it here, you can listen to our re-rack of the show, which is available on buffalobills.com or on the Bills YouTube channel later this afternoon. You can also go to buffalobills.com for full write-ups uh, on these press conferences. We are still awaiting to hear from General Manager Brandon Bean about this first wave of free agency for Buffalo. Um, the one guy we have not yet heard from, the new wide receiver, Deontay Hardy. So, right. Um, I heard he was in – he was – um, in town, tooling around. I don't know if he's in the building yet or, or what, or has signed or officially signed papers or not, but uh, I, he is in Buffalo uh, today and will be around. I don't know if he'll be on. He probably won't be on with us, but. Here's an interesting thing about Connor McGovern, and he mentioned this when he just had his press conference last hour. Kellen Moore, the former OC of the Cowboys, now with the Chargers, when he was down there with McGovern, he lined up McGovern at tight end, fullback, and even wide receiver uh, in some of their scheming looks. And that kind of excites me a little bit. Because uh, what, what have we seen the last couple of years, Steve? We've seen Tommy Doyle mm-hmm. as a tight end eligible. We've seen uh, Bobby, Bobby Hart, Hart last year he after Tommy time, Doyle yeah. tore his ACL in week three. The job fell to Bobby Hart. I wonder if McGovern 
kicks out at all in certain down yeah. and distance situations. You know what I mean? Maybe you bring Butker on the field, play guard for a snap, put McGovern out there. Everybody, and you're right, um, guys are athletes, and people don't give them the credit they are because they're so big. Like, And I mentioned it when I met him today, how big he is, and he's thick from the top of his head all the way to the soles of his feet. So he's just – he's a perfect guard, you know. He's one of those guys that's built like a refrigerator. So – uh, but the the thing that these guys don't get credit for is their athleticism. Because they're so big, people think they're going to be big and dumpy and move or don't move too good. They do. And, in fact, most of the offensive linemen in the NFL, they didn't start out big and heavy like giants of a man. They started out tall, yeah. which means they played quarterback, they played wide receiver, they played tight end, then they played defensive line, then they played offensive line. You know, they kind of moved down the ladder or moved up the ladder physically. Yeah. And they got moved as a result of that. Most of them have the athleticism of their youth because they are all kind of young guys, and they can still move around really well. So this versatility, and McGovern did say this in his in his press conference today. One of the things about him, he's he's played right side, left side. He's played a little bit outside when he was younger. So none of that's from uh, you know foreign territory for these guys. And and I'm telling you, in the NFL, as soon as a guy like Ken Dorsey or Brian Dable or Kellen Moore. Get a look at these guys and say, ah, look at it. he runs pretty good, you know. Well, that the big thing all of a sudden want, they're you know yeah. they're playing over the there. Big thing you want with those guards too now is the ability to hinge, you know, like a door and wall off. Right. You know, get your feet out to the side, hinge and wall off. You know, an oncoming rusher, especially in the run game, because if you can wall off the one side of the field, you leave a bigger lane open for the back running behind you. And he seems to have the lower half capable of doing that. Right. The other development that happened yesterday, and it kind of went by the board. I tweeted it out late yesterday. The Bills had one remaining restricted free agent. They had Tyrell Dodson. They re-signed him. They had Cam Lewis. They re-signed him. The third was Dane Jackson. And the Bills had until 4 p.m. yesterday to tender Dane Jackson a qualifying offer as a restricted free agent, to retain the right of first refusal, which means they retain the rights, the contractual rights to Dane Jackson. Now, other teams could swoop in and sign him to an offer sheet if they wanted to, as we saw with Ryan Bates last year when Chicago tried to sign him away. The Bills would then have seven days to match that contract offer or receive compensation. The compensation for Dane Jackson at the low tender amount was the round in which he was drafted. So they would be given a seventh-round pick if somebody were to sign him away and they chose right. not to match. Jackson can also sign the one-year tender offer and play here in Buffalo this coming season. The low tender is one year, $2.62 million. So they did extend the qualifying offer to Dane Jackson yesterday before the 4 p.m. deadline. So they have his contractual rights – now it's up to Dane to make a decision here. Do you want to sit around and wait to see if some team gives you a better contract offer that you can then sign and make more money? Or do you want to return to familiarity, a system that you know, with a coaching staff you know, and play here for it's, a year and try to maximize your value this year as you enter as an unrestricted free agent next year? It's an interesting dilemma for Dane. Uh, two, $2.6 is nothing to sneeze at. No. But then again, you're going to come back to a team that's got, you know, Kyrie Elam, Christian Benford, Tredavious White ahead of you. 
along with the safeties that they just, you know, poyer and hide. So you're going to be a backup depth piece, and you get a one-year deal. Are you? Do, how much do you believe you can enhance your value over the course of this next season to get a better deal next year? Right. I think that $2.6 million figure is more than he made in his first three years combined as a seventh-round draft choice. Oh, sure. He's, so, he made rookie minimum. So it's a step up for him. Oh, it's great money. He'll love it. I mean, it's think about it. You, you, 18 weeks in the year, you're going to get you're going to get over a hundred thousand dollar check every Monday of the season. Yeah, it's a that's a nice feel. Believe it's a nice feeling. It must feel good. It does feel good. So I'll never it, know. Right. Um. So it it's cool, and it really is a breath of fresh air for him. I mean, it's validation for what he's done so far in his career, and, and bless his heart, he deserves it. An undrafted rookie free agent, and he has played for well this seventh team. round pick. He was well, right uh, seventh round pick, and he has played for this team and contributed and done some things. Um, I would say it's safe to say he overachieved. I mean, the guy's got starts under his belt. I mean, I'm surprised it got to the point that it did nobody's talking. Maybe they have talked to him. Maybe this maybe he does have well, some things is, to choice. Yeah, make choices. I mean, my about. guess is this. The Bills, as we know, are scrounging for cap space. Right. Even if they love Dane and wanted to sign him to like a 3-year extension, I don't know that they're in a position to well, do that. Yes, like they were with Poyer last year. Yeah, and and much like they've been with a lot of their other restricted free agents over the year. The only reason they matched the contract offer to Bates was because of what Chicago did. I think they would have been happy to sign Bates to a one-year deal last year, but then Chicago it, swoops in, signs him to a four-year, $17 million deal, and it's like, oh, jeez. And it may be right now that, that Dane Jackson's 2.6, and that might not put him in the top 51. Yeah, we, well, we'd have to look, but it it's might possible. be close. Yeah. Um, so he may not even count against the cap at that number because the, the salary cap goes – there's 53 guys on the roster, but only the top 51 at this point – Yeah, this count, point in the season, At the this point in the season, only those 51 count towards the cap because right. they're going to get the roster all the way out to 85 guys. So now with the top 51 and Dane Jackson at 2.62 – I don't know whether that's the minimum they can offer a guy of his stature in the league. Yeah, that's what the restricted the free agent low tender okay. is. There it 2. is. 2.62. Because, or, and there could be a chance to say, listen, he's got an offer that is making a, a two-year deal from another t- club, but it's less salary than that. You know, they may, they may have done that. He might have, the tampering window might have given him an opportunity to talk to other clubs, and they're not even at that point over a two-year period. So the Bills make him that tender, knowing they got a pretty good chance of maybe landing him back at the with the club. Right. But that's at the top fifty one, he may not crack that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do. I mean, I would think I would think he'd come back because it's not like cornerback is a position of extraordinary depth here. Even if he can't win a starting job. This year, you know, Kyrie Elam in year two, Trey back to normal, and hopefully his Pro Bowl-type self. You know, he's probably the third corner on a roster. It's not too bad. Um, and if Benford is transitioned to safety. Maybe he's the third corner then. You're the third corner. He's the he might be the fourth now. Well, I mean, if we're not, they, and again, Benford we're not calling, we're not counting Taron Johnson in this mix because he's kind right, of the right, lock, right. stock, and barrel nickel anyway. But if you got Elam, Tredavious, 
and Benford, he may be fourth behind those guys. Now, he wasn't at the beginning of last year. Yeah, we would have to see. And I think a lot of it would depend on are they dividing Benford's time or are they strictly grooming him to play safety? Because let's face that for a second here. They do have to get some people in the pipeline. Yeah, they do. I mean, they can't go in yes, Poyer's got two more years on his deal now. Hyde's entering the last year of his contract. you got to get some people ready both, behind it. But they're both entering into their mid-30s, and they, yeah. the durability is an issue. Both of them were hurt last year. Poyer fought through it. Hyde couldn't because his was more serious. Yeah, he had to get next surgery. So you got to think, uh, you know, you got to have some guys behind him that can step in and play. Got to cover your base. And, of course, you know, DeMar is still a huge question mark. So, yeah, yeah, they don't have anybody. I, like I said earlier, they got 22 guys, 11 on offense, 11 on defense to go. I don't know that they have 12 on either side of the ball. Yeah. We've been busy with uh, press conferences here on this uh, free agency media access day. Still waiting to hear from Brandon Bean. We'll bring that to you as soon as possible. But we also have a topic of discussion, which is following this first wave of free agency, what do you think is the next step for the Bills? You can uh, join us at 803-0550, the number to get on board. Or you can hit us up on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. And the tweet sheet is where we're going to go now. And uh, we begin, tweet sheet, of course, brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. Tank leads us off, and he says, sign free agent Chargers linebacker Drew Tranquil who recorded 144 tackles, five sacks, and an additional five tackles for loss, force, fumble, and interception in 17 games last season. It is true, Drew Tranquil had a career-best season last year for the Chargers. Now, defense was on the field a lot, which may have ballooned those numbers a little bit uh, for Los Angeles and for Tranquil personally. I do like him as a player. He is a coverage linebacker uh he hasn't signed yet each passing day you would think that price tag comes down i i think it depends on what he's still hoping to make and what the bills can afford clearly they cannot afford top of the market money otherwise they would have made a run at edmonds the the thing that's that's good that about his numbers the five sacks that's a really good number for, for a Well, they moved him around the a lot. Right. But he only has one forced fumble and one interception. Um, I know it's hard for linebackers to get those, and he's a coverage linebacker. Um, this was by far his best season. I'd, yeah, I mean, I'm all about it. They're going to have to sign a, a guy that plays his position, that kind of thing. But um, right now, after the season he had – that we're talking about, I don't know if they can afford him. Yeah, that's they're gonna what, have to that's wait. That's what I'm thinking. Now they're getting closer and closer. The long, more like you said, the more time that goes by, the closer that number gets to being able to afford it. Because right, you know, he's not signed with anybody else, and nobody, you know, so he hasn't gotten an offer he likes. Well, there's all of that. So yeah, I, yes, they're gonna have to sign somebody. I don't know that it's gonna be a name like Drew Tranquil, though. I mean, that guy. Yeah, that guy right now seems to be elevating towards the top of the class. From Bill's News Consolidated, Bean once again used free agency as a tool to fill holes pre-draft. I say we enter the draft, see what we come out with, then go back into free agency for the non-sought-after players. 
Now, the risk you run there, though, is now you're into May and the cupboard is bare. Like, you might be able to sign some people that are sitting out there twisting in the wind. I just don't know that they're going to help you on a roster of this caliber. Yeah, they're, yeah. You're not going to get anybody that's going to be a difference maker, and there's going to be a significant drop-off from a starter down to the guy you get in the last day of free agency before training camp starts. Right. So, But that may be what you're relegated to do. Um, and that's where teams like the Bills throw that <laughs> – for that, they throw that on the plate of the coaches and say, get these guys ready. You, know, you got to get this guy ready to play. Yeah. And the coaches look at him, watch him practice a little bit, and they're going, Oof, this, <laughs> no wonder this guy was available. That kind of stuff. Well, but, there's some merit to that line of thinking. But there is, but there is some guys out there. There are some guys out there that say, now nah, we can work with him. He'll be all right. And, and you know, as, as long as we give us a month here before the season starts to get him up and running in the system, he'll be okay. That kind of stuff. But it takes some time. Uh, that's what coaches do in the NFL. They got to get their whole roster ready, um, and then install a game plan and week by week. But this this staff has been really good under Sean McDermott at getting guys ready to play and developing young players. So we'll see. Um, only six draft picks to choose from, though. Those right. six guys are not going to fill out the entire roster. True. Matt on the tweet sheet says Bobby Wagner and Derrick Henry then go straight up O-line and D-line in the draft. The money is not there to do that. I think, I wonder, Wagner played last year, Steve, as a 32-year-old, one year, $10 million for the Rams. Can you get him for eight? You know, sign him one year, eight million? If you can do that, I'm listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could do a lot care. worse than Bobby Wagner. I mean, I know he's oh, an yeah. 11-year guy, but if he he could be affordable if you if he's still out there another week from now. Yeah, and he strikes me and I don't I don't know him that way. I haven't heard about him that much. Certainly in in his prime, he was a dominant, but to me, I think Bobby Wagner at this point, he would be able to give you a year like that. And I also think he brings a lot of what Vaughn brought to the team. The guy elevates people around him. You know what I mean? He's yeah. one of those locker room leader, warrior type, respected voices. Like, wow, he's got a lot of wisdom, you know, kind of guys in the locker room. That would be a plus. Uh, you need guys because, like we saw last year, when things go sideways, you need guys like that to stand up in the locker room and say, hey, guys, this is how it's going to be. Let's go. And guys rally around him. That's, you know, they, they would have done that for Vaughn. They were doing that with Vaughn until he got hurt. Uh, you need guys like that because the season does go sideways sometimes. So a guy like Bobby Wagner would be as valuable that way as he would be on the field. And I still, I still think the guy can play. Um, not, not for four years. <laughs> no, I would sign him. Try to sign him Get to a one-year one year deal, deal, just like the Rams did. Yeah, see if he could come in and a little bit like OBJ, come in, have a great season, and win a championship. Derrick Henry is a little more difficult proposition number one he's still under contract so you would have to trade for him so now you're parting with assets to take on a pretty sizable contract number one and a player who's reaching the decline stage of his career we know that there are exceptions steve but more often than not once the running back especially with the miles on his tires that he has he's he's 29 years old after they turn 28, that's when the decline tends to kick in. History has shown that. Analytics have proven that. So, 
look, he can still be a dominant player, but I would be very reluctant to part with assets to acquire him. Yeah, he still had, you know, I mean, he had 350, just shy of 350 carries last year. And there was a time when 300 carries was a threshold. You know, and he's had... 250 used to be a lot. Right. Uh, He had almost 350 last year. He had 219 the year before. 378 was his highest in 2020 when he had 2,027 rushing yards. Before that, he had 303. He's had... Three of the last four years, he's had 300-plus rushings attempts. Um, and last year was 349, his second highest of his career. Still had 1,538 yards, 13 TDs. He had 30-plus receptions. I mean, the guy is a real – he's the real deal. And if he comes in and you can motivate him and get him in there and make him feel good about it and, and get his engine revved, he's going to help you. But he's pricey. Yeah. I, he's pricey. I would- I would. The only reason I'm reluctant is because that's not the identity of the offense. And I understand if you add Henry, he wouldn't you be would, having 300 carries no. in this offense. And so then you have to ask yourself: not only do we want to acquire him, but do we want to change the philosophy of our offense yeah. to accommodate him and justify the assets we're giving up just to acquire him? Then you start getting into because he's point, not a guy that's catching a lot out of the backfield. Right. You get into an, uh, a problem where. You're playing football with your pocketbook instead of the guys on the field and what what wins, you know. Um, certainly, Derrick Henry's a guy that you can win with and play with, but um, there would have to be a balance between a guy like Derrick Henry and a guy like Josh Allen and Steph Diggs and all the other guys in, in the offense. I mean, Derrick Henry had all these carries and all these years with – Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Not Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill. Um, yeah, he was the identity of the offense. Unquestionable. Yeah, he, he's the fate. And I, that's the, hey, they did they were not they were the one seed two years ago, remember? They were they were getting it done in twenty twenty one. He only had two hundred and nineteen carries, and that's the year they were the one seed. So, you know, that balance is what you're looking at. You can't overpay for somebody who's not gonna carry the offense. Josh is gonna carry the offense. And Derrick Henry, while he would be a weapon, no question, it's a weapon that negates your other, your biggest weapon. That's Josh Allen, because Josh is going to turn around and hand it to him, and that there, <laughs> you may as well have you know Case Keenum doing that. Now, we have to take a break here. The Bills have added a receiver, an offensive lineman. They brought back Jordan Poyer, handful of special teamers, and a backup quarterback. Following that first wave of free agency, what's the next step for the Bills? You can let us know at 803-0550, the toll-free number, open line for you. As we'll get to your phone calls and more of your tweets next, here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on a Thursday as soon as we have more people approaching the microphone in the media room to address the media, we'll bring it to you. Uh, but in the meantime, we are covering the topic of the day. Following this first wave of free agency, what do you think is the next step for the Bills? Open line for you at 803-0550, And we go to the phones. And leading us off this segment is Travis in Cheektowaga. What do you got for us, Travis? 
Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on, guys. Sure, you bet. Hey, I was just, uh, I heard you guys talking about Derek. I think he would be a great asset to the Bills. And I heard, you know, the stats about how much he's running the ball um, in the past years. And I don't think he would have to meet, there's not a quota for him. And for he would be a great asset, a great threat. Because the Bills are more of a throwing team. He wouldn't have to run as much. And off. Uh, He'd be great back there. Yeah. Say, I mean, that, say that last part you again. cut out a little bit there at the end, Travis. Oh, I, I was saying that he would also be a great protection for um, for Josh Allen. Yeah, you know, okay. Protect him a little bit. And then we also have um, Cook back there. Um, and and they just have that double threat. I think he'd be a great asset for the Bills. And I know the offensive line has some issues, and I think Derrick Henry adds a little positivity to that as well. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah, but if you're going to trade for him, I think the guy's making 10-plus a year at least, uh, if not more than that. If you're going to bring him in and pay him that much, I don't know that you're going to get value out of it when he, if he doesn't carry the ball enough. Um, I mean, if you're going to give him like 10 or 12, 15 carries, 15, let's say, carries a game, um, I don't know that – and plus, I don't think he ca- catches the ball well enough – to be out there in third and seven plus, so he's going to come off the field and a lot more than he did in Tennessee. Certainly, there's a listen. He's a he's re- in the last year of his deal, ten and a half base. If you come in, if you sign him to a two year deal or whatever, if you fit him in for the right price and use him the right way, absolutely, because the guy can still play. He's a he's a one of a kind running back in the league right now. He's the only guy that big that fast. He would certainly change the thoughts of a defense when they came out on the field. If if you put him in there with Josh and you go spread it out with four other wideouts and no tight end, they've got to make a decision as to how they're going to play that personnel group. But you got five offensive linemen, Josh and Derrick Henry in the box. Are you really going to be able to run it like that? run the ball with the, behind those five guys with Derrick Henry. If you can, awesome. But if you can't, you know, they're not – you know, they're going to go back there. They're going to go nickel or dime package. And, you know, what are you going to do? Um, it does give the defense something to think about. No question. But he's expensive. And if you get him – if he's that expensive and you don't use him, what are you doing? Spend the money someplace else. Yeah, you're not maximizing your value. So I'm, and no. right now the Bills are – the way they're at, they've got to maximize. So if they get him for the right price, yes, absolutely. But I just don't think that's a possibility. If they do, I'm not – yeah, the guy can play. But you're not, you're not going to hand it to him 20 times. Or even – and I'm like saying, I don't think you'd hand it to him 15 times. Right. You throw it too much. And and that's the rub for me, not to mention the fact that you can get a running back anywhere. And I know people are going to say, well, I'm not like Derrick Henry. You're and right. Look, you're right. That is right. But what is age 29 Derrick Henry giving me? And what kind of assets do I have to part with to get him here? I, I, I just think there's more layers to it than, than people might be wanting to think about. Just all they're thinking about is, oh, Derrick Henry, he's unbelievable. Let's get him. And it's just like, well, there, there's more layers to it than that, and, and I think that's what kind of gobs up the works a little bit. Great players are great, and you're better when you get good players on your roster. And Derek, Derek Henry is an asset to any team he's on, no question about it. 
If you can fit him in financially, absolutely, I'm all about it. That's all I can say. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones and to Mark in West Seneca. What do you got for us, Mark, here on One Bills Live? Well, first of all, welcome back, Brownie. And oh, Michigan. thanks. Yeah. I wasn't calling about the running backs, but I have some moves that I have in mind. But I'd just like to make a real quick comment. Um, for all the people out there who keep talking about, let's get a running back, let's get a running back that we can turn around and give the ball to over and over and over again, these are the same people that have been crying and complaining that we need another dynamic player at the wideout position and that we didn't get James Cook and we didn't use Naheem Himes more often because they're dynamic. And then they want to turn around and make us a plotting offense. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, We've got two guys we can run with. Let's get a third supplemental guy. If he's a third down guy that he's a big guy, that's fine. But we got the guys we should run with. So that's all I'd like to say about that. All right. Uh, as far as moves go, the first thing I think they should do, and you mentioned it, I love the idea of Bobby Wagner for 8 to $10 million. If they need to give him a two-year deal, go ahead and do that. That's the first thing I'd be pursuing. Uh, number two, I think they need to do everything they have to to get Ed Oliver's contract off the dole and off the books. I think they need to re-sign Jordan Phillips because they're a different football team with him in the lineup. If they do those things, then when draft day comes, I think it frees them up to do one or two things to get the best value. If Campbell is there from Iowa, they take him if they think he's worth it, or the kid from Clemson, middle linebacker there, or they take the best right tackle available. I think that frees them up to do those two things, one of those two things. And then if they want to look at wide out, because I don't believe there's going to be a wide out worth first round status at 27. I think the two or three or four guys available will be long gone. So let's hold wide receiver to the second round. And, and that's what I think they should do. So All right. thanks, guys. thanks, Mark. Appreciate well, the thanks. phone call. Yeah, Mark, that's the well one, thought out. The one thing that he did mention that is kind of a sneaky need for Buffalo, at least right now, is defensive tackle. Yeah. I mean, you've got Tim Settle still under contract for another year. You've got um, Ed Oliver, last year of his contract, and Mark would prefer to reduce that cap figure, and I totally understand why. 10.7 is a fat number, and Ed Oliver, the consistency of his game, I don't think it's measured up to that in terms of level of production. And then you have... Another guy entering the last year of his contract in Daquan Jones, right. and then you have Jordan Phillips, who's your free agent. Um, so <laughs> that has to be addressed, not only for this coming year to add to your ranks, but this time next year, three of those guys' contracts are going to be up. Right. So Brandon Bean has to do some, some look-ahead planning as well. Yeah, and I get it. In, in addition to fortifying the position now. Right, and I, and I get it. Uh, Ed Oliver is on a lot of people's list um, at 10.5, guarant- I mean, not guaranteed, but at 10.5. 10.7. That's a lot of money on the cap. Yeah. Um, how are you going to spend it? You're going to spend that on Bobby Wagner? Right. And, and it, let's not forget, it's addition by subtraction, too. If you – if you move him off your roster, sure, you save yourself 10-7 on the cap, but you also have an extra spot to fill. Yes. So there's something to be said for that as well. And there are different ways you can massage such things, whether you want to extend him a year and spread his money out, 
or whether you want to ride it out and say, we'll figure it out next year. But then that figure leaves you a little hamstrung in terms of doing other things. So, yeah, it's it's not an it's not a cut and dry call on what you do with Oliver to afford yourself the cap space to do other things to help your roster. Let's go to Dan in Hamburg next. What do you got for us, Dan? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. Uh, I was wondering about Shaq Lawson and uh, Jordan Phillips. I'm just not sure what uh, uh, what they're doing with them. I mean, Shaq had a great season last year, I thought. And Jordan Phillips, uh, our defensive line needs some help. Plain and simple as that. And I was just wondering your guys' thoughts on it. Yeah, Thank I mean, I, I think Shaq was valuable depth uh, for this team and proved it when Greg Rousseau missed time with a high ankle sprain and when A.J. Epinesa missed some time with injury. Shaq was a valuable guy that they could just plug and play. They knew he'd be able to set the edge every now and again. He gets some pass pressure, maybe logs a sack. So, yeah, I mean, you could do a whole lot worse than Shaq Lawson for your fifth defensive end. Right. And then when Von Miller went out for the year, Shaq logged some major snap time and held up. I mean, he wasn't Von Miller. But like I said, for a fifth defensive end on your roster, you could do a lot worse than Shaq Lawson. Jordan Phillips was was ham. He was playing with one arm at, at, for the last third of the season and in the playoffs. Uh, he's a guy that I think makes a big difference down inside for this club. Um, I'd love to see him re-sign him somehow, some way. Um, so I, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. And Browning and I've been talking about it off and on. The, the defensive tackle is a is a sneaky need for this club because you because of the way the contracts are struggle, structured and the way they're timing up at the other end of them. There's a lot of guys that come free next year. Next year they're not going to have anybody, you know, they're not going to have anybody on the roster. So that's that's a big deal. Uh they need to get some guys start staggering those contracts. I think the thing with Jordan Phillips because in, in my estimation I think the Bills would like to have him back, but I think he's still in rehab mode. And I think they want to wait to see, you know, you don't sign anybody unless they're healthy in most cases. And he just had surgery at the end of the season. We're talking end of January. And we're only in mid-March, rotator cuff surgery. So my belief, and I don't know anything, but I would surmise that they're going to wait for him to get 100% healthy, have the doctors look him over, say, is he good to go? And then they're going to talk about contract at that point in time. I think Jordan wants to be back here, and I would be inclined to think that the Bills would want him back. So I think it's just a matter of him getting healthy first before they, you know, plunge yeah. into that kind of negotiating and ultimately. As soon decision. as he starts to get back, as soon as he's back in the building and starts working out, and they're going to look at him and they're saying, "Yeah, he looks like his old self." That those talks will probably start heating up pretty quickly. We have to take a break here, but some final thoughts on the tweet sheet next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, back here on One Bills Live. Some final thoughts on the tweet sheet from Mike. Make a trade for a wideout. With the team's win-now window, they don't have time to develop a wide receiver, and that's if they even pan out. Lock up that position, then get your middle linebacker slash tight end in the draft. What say you? DeAndre about? Hopkins is out there. Can you afford the price tag? I don't know. I, that's Not a, that's only in terms question. of what you're giving up, 
again, much like the Derrick Henry conversation, can you pay what he's owed? Yeah, I get it. Can you get him? Can you trade for him, redo his deal, and then you'd have to do something like trade him, like give them Ed Oliver and take DeAndre Hopkins back, that kind of thing. Uh, this in the money would be a wash a little bit. Close. Uh, that kind of thing is a possibility. Whether they're looking for that or not, I do not know. But DeAndre Hopkins has been said to be being shopped by the Arizona Cardinals. That's the guy I would go after if I was going to do yeah, it. Yeah, that would be – He oh. is – dude, he's a – That would be something. Yes, for that sure. would, I would – yes, I would be tickled by that. Jason says, OBJ, combined with Diggs, that would be awesome, all caps, exclamation point. Yeah, either one, OBJ or D-Hop. OBJ doesn't cost you assets, well, I don't know. just no, money. Just money, but he wants big money, probably a little longer term. Jack, need to find some help at linebacker. I would love Wagner, but Drew Tranquil also intrigues me. He's not as big, but is good in coverage. All true. Also might be time to look at D-line, help at either tackle or end. Probably an aging vet looking for a last year or two on a competitor to bolster the D-line. Yeah, I mean, those... Those are all needs for sure, and money is going to come into play first and foremost just by virtue of the fact of where the Bills cap situation sits, which we are still going to try to get an update on because we don't even know the terms of Poyer's contract yet. We know it's two years, but we don't know the money involved. We're going to have to find out what their cap situation is going into uh, into the draft and all of that stuff. they got to have about $7 million for that, so it's still going on. We'll see. A St. Patrick's Day Friday edition of One Bills Live is coming your way tomorrow. We'll have more coverage of Bills free agency and some comments from Brandon Bean as well. We'll see you at one.